You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today, fresh off law school final exams. I think you have at least one more, though, right, Kurt? Yeah, one more to go through. One more. So almost through the infamous law school final exams is my co-host Curtis. So Kurt, for all of us who've never experienced law school, give us one word to describe what the last couple of weeks have been for you. Uh, it's a grind. I think that's the best way to say it. Grind. Yeah. It's got to be. I mean, like, obviously, we all, most of us went through, if you went to college, you've gone through the final exam schedule and like just like your undergrad, maybe master's degree, whatever, but law school. I know, is it is it really true, like a, a crazy different animal from like your undergrad final exams? Yeah, just the feeling of where your whole grades that one exam. And your entire future is at stake. Yeah, more <laughs> Right? All that, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But all right, I know you're almost over, man, so good luck the rest of the way. Uh, I know you have one final left, like we said, so I don't want to waste any of your time. I know you got plenty of other things to be doing right now, so I appreciate you being on the show today. So let's go ahead and get right to business and with Curtis back today we thought we'd just have some fun today life's been like he said a grind for him so we just want to have some fun today on the show and we're gonna do an old throwback episode where we just play some buy or sell simple enough right for those of you who have been with us for a while going back to the old dog sports radio days which feels like forever ago you know we used to do this pretty often in the offseason we don't really do it as much anymore or really ever because basically we've expanded coverage of other Georgia sports during the football off season. And as the show's grown, we've got a lot more listener questions than we used to get. So we try to answer all of those or at least as many as we possibly can. So that means something's always going to get left out. I guess it ended up being the buy or sell episode. So again, we don't do this as much, but maybe, maybe if you guys like it, we'll try to bring it back more as the season approaches and we get more and more into the summer months. So again, the premise is simple. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. You guys know how this works. I'm going to just give Curtis a take. He's going to tell me whether he is buying or selling that take. That's all it is. Pretty simple. It's still fun. So uh, let's go ahead and get right to it, Curtis. And uh, look, I know that we've already recapped the NFL draft, but we're going to stick with the draft theme for just one more episode. This time, though, a little bit different. Instead of looking back at the 2021 draft again, we're going to more so kind of be looking ahead at the 2022 NFL draft and how things might or might not look for the Georgia Bulldogs this time next year. So starting us off here, Kerb, we are all obviously 
Very excited that JT Daniels is our unquestioned quarterback. One, QB1 going into the season. Kirby has kind of done his unprecedented thing and named him the starter, more or less. He basically said he's the starting quarterback going into the 2021 season. And we all believe, we hope at least, that JT is going to be an upgrade over what Kirby Smart has had at that position to this point in his career as the head coach of Georgia. But just how good Daniels will be, that still remains to be seen. We all have high hopes, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. Uh, we'll find out. So, Curtis, let's just give JT the benefit of the doubt when it comes to this first take. So, number one here, Curtis, on my list, buy or sell, JT Daniels will be the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Are you buying or selling that? I'm going to sell it as much as I think that he actually is probably one of the best quarterbacks. I'm probably going to sell it with the fact that I'm looking more towards Sam Howell. The biggest thing with JT is the knee. Yeah, it's the injury concern. Yeah, the injury concern, um, you know, they're not sure. I think one of the big things that held him back this year of going pro was would he have even passed a physical if he had gone to the draft? And yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that may prevent him from going number one. Um, I mean, outside of him, I think I mentioned Sam Howell and then the other Spencer Rattler. He's a guy who can make a big jump with his skill set somewhere to Kyler Murray per se. And just going into the season, those would be the three, I would say, that are going in competing for that number one spot. I think you're exactly right. The injury issues are going to be the biggest issue plaguing him when it comes to the NFL draft. I mean, just look at Aziz Ojolari, right? We all, like, everyone thought he was going to be a first-round pick. He was a first-round grade. Yeah, and not – I mean, process. you saw him going – when he didn't get drafted in the first round, you expected the first three three to five picks in the second round, and you saw he slid because of the Todd Gurley – that, yeah. you know, what Gurley's faced with the – arthritis like degenerative knee issues essentially what it is with the arthritis and and it might be nothing Aziz might not have any issues but it's the fear that you've seen like Todd Gurley was on like he's not gonna make the whole fame now but he was kind of on that trajectory early in his career and then he just fell off so quickly and so significantly with the knee injuries and so that scares teams off investing money in a guy like especially talking about potential first round draft pick quarterback we have other options mentioned like Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. You have other options who maybe aren't that far off. If they're similar, if you grade them in a similar fashion, JT, you might want to go with the guy that doesn't have the injury issues. And maybe JT's injury issues will be a thing of the past. Maybe. But like Aziz's, Aziz tore his ACL in high school, guys. And he still was having the, the arthritis coming off of that. And we know how catastrophic. I mean, JT himself used the word catastrophic. In an, in an interview this spring, we're talking about his injury. So that certainly is going to be an issue. And, and, and maybe it just takes one team to be willing to overlook that. But if you got the number one pick, you don't want to blow that. So is it the safest pick? I don't know. And then you, you mentioned some of the other potential candidates. Uh, obviously, Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler. Uh, I, Spencer Rattler's like, I think that's based on the fact that he's going to put up huge numbers at Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's the best quarterback. It's yeah. just the whole He Kyler wasn't Murray. great last year. He was good. He wasn't like the level that we're accustomed to at Oklahoma, although he was younger than most of the guys that Lincoln Riley has worked with. He wasn't a grad transfer, for instance, you know, or, or a transfer guy in his final year like Jalen Hurts. He wasn't that kind of guy. So he's still growing. It's just kind of different for Lincoln Riley. But he's got the skill set. He's got receivers. He's got weapons. He's in the offense. He's going to put up numbers. We know that. Sam Howell, I mean, he's going to be in that in that conversation, no doubt. I mean, honestly, here's what I would say maybe goes in favor or it works in JT's favor. I wouldn't crunch the number. 17 of the last 22 first round or number one overall picks were quarterbacks. There's only been five since the year 2000. From 2000 to 2021, there's only been five number one overall picks that weren't quarterbacks. You had three defensive ends and two offensive tackles making up those five that weren't quarterbacks. So basically what you have, this is why I always say quarterback is the most important position on the field. 
in the last 22 drafts, you've either had a guy that a quarterback himself that's selected number one overall, or a guy that affects the quarterback in the pass rusher, or a guy that protects the quarterback in the left tackle. It's all about the quarterback. That's why I say it's always the most important position. So the fact that he's a great quarterback, that certainly helps him. You go to the offensive line, who could be the options offensive line? Maybe Evan Neal from Alabama? Maybe. I haven't seen that from him yet. That to say he's, He merits being the number one overall pick, but maybe he has a big year. That's possible. Pass rushers? I mean, I don't know if there's – like maybe – George Karloff is from Purdue, who missed most of last year, had a big freshman year. I mean, he's a name people talk about. DeMarvin Liao, who's not really an edge rusher. He's more of an interior guy, but he's a freakish athlete on the interior for Texas a and Maybe one of those guys. Maybe Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon fits that bill. I don't know. Um, so there's some there's other potential options there. And if you have other options that, that the front offices look at as maybe not that far off in terms of their grade from JT, I think they're probably going to go with them. Um, and I, it, even let's say, well, let's say the injury is not an issue. I think it will be. I'm with you. Let's say it's not. I think can JT be the number one overall pick? I think that depends on how much we let him do. Like if we really do open up the offense and let's say he breaks Georgia single season passing records, he breaks Aaron, he shatters Aaron Murray's record, which I think is like a little over 3,800 yards in a single season. And let's say he puts up like Joe Burrow type numbers from 2019, where he's thrown for 4,500 to 5,000 yards, 40 to 50 touchdowns, then yeah, he'll certainly be in that conversation. Maybe that leads a team to overlook the potential injury concerns, but he's going to have to put up those kind of numbers and we're going to need to win and win big. And by win big, I mean win titles. I think we'll be in the title conversation. I think we'll, I think we'll put up better numbers offensively than we have in a long time, but like it's still the Georgia offense. And I'm still going to need to see it to believe that. So I'm with you, Curtis. I'm going to sell this. I would love to buy it. It'd be awesome to have JT as number one overall pick. But right now, I think there's the red flag with the injuries and other guys are going to put up bigger numbers with Howell and Rattler. So I'm probably, I'm definitely going to sell this. I think he could potentially be a top 10 pick. But number one, I don't know if I'm saying that right now. Hope I'm wrong. But all right, let's move on here. As we laid out earlier in the week, Georgia has been more successful in the NFL draft over the past three seasons than anyone not named Alabama or Ohio State, despite all the trolls out there that want to say Kirby Smart cannot develop talent. But we have still yet to have more total draft picks than Alabama in any one NFL draft while Kirby Smart has been our head coach. So the next take here, Curtis, is that Georgia will surpass Alabama in total draft picks for the first time under Kirby Smart in the 2022 NFL Draft. Are you buying or selling? I'm going to buy that because I think that's that was the year that Saban kind of dropped a six or seven, if I remember correctly. Um, but I think the, the past biggest drafts, thing, we're talking about the 16, 17, 18 draft, uh, recruiting classes that have been draft eligible. We have We just now are getting yeah. to the top class under Kirby Smart. Yeah, and, and here's the thing too is, especially when you look at Alabama, I don't they don't have the upperclassmen that jump off at you. Right now, right. offensively, I think Evan Neal and John Mechie. Right now, that's all I think offensively. Now, they may have other guys, but you also have an underclassman quarterback, so you're not going to have the quarterback making the jump. Trey Sanders has never done anything at the running back position. So, I mean, the offensive line, of course, they recruit well. But I'm trying to think of guys who have experience that are ready to go. And then you look defensively. Um, they started a lot of young guys last year. So, I think that maybe in the defensive backfield would be the only place you see it. But Jordan Battle right now compared to – yeah, battle and people like that. But even then, like the people in the star position and um, Lou Sertain and other things like that, they've got a lot of young guys in there. I mean, Christian Harris would probably be a, a pick. But yeah. outside that, I don't see a lot. All right, so I've got – all right, let me run through the guys that I think will probably get drafted of our team. Tell me if you think I'm missing somebody or tell me if you disagree with any of these names. So 
it's a no-brainer. Jordan Davis is getting drafted. Adam Anderson is getting drafted. Quay Walker is getting drafted. Kobe Dean's getting drafted. Devontae Wyatt. Nolan Smith, if he leaves, we don't know if he has the kind of year we want him to have. He'll probably leave. If he leaves, he'll get drafted. Lewis Seen, I don't know if he'll leave, but he'll probably get drafted late. He'll um, probably leave. He's got a family. Yeah, I think he'll probably – yeah, right. So I think he'll probably leave. Uh, Jamari Salyer is going to get drafted. JT Daniels is going to get drafted. Zeus is going to get drafted. James Cook. George Pickens. Justin Schaefer. Uh, I have a question mark <laughs> in my nose, Justin Schaefer. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, we know maybe my opinion on yeah, I know. We all, yeah, and like I don't know, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Karis Walker, or Karis Jackson's going to get drafted. Tra- Trevon Walker, if he leaves early, which I think he probably will, uh, he'll get drafted. So, you, other than Schaefer, do you disagree with any of those? Uh, outside, just those guys, no. All right, so I got so that those that I just mentioned. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen guys. Okay, now again. Trevon Walker might not leave. Lewisine might not leave. Nolan might not leave. We don't know. But if you take those guys out, you're still, you're still talking about 11 or 12 guys that are going to get drafted. That's going to shatter the record that we set this year, right? Because, again, we're just now getting to Kirby Smart's most talented classes. And the reason and we you even throw in people like Tyke Smith who are going to be transferred sure. and stuff like that. That's They'll a great one. Georgia I think about guys. that. Tyke Smith. Who else are we missing here? Like I, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, I mean, I don't think Chris – I think Chris Smith will be similar to DJ Daniels, so I would put him in – Yeah, I mean, he, if he has a big draft. year – he could potentially have a shot, but I don't know. Uh, that one's kind of up in the air. D Rob, if he hasn't now, D Rob catches forty balls, but I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know. So I, I would, I think it's safe to say anywhere between like eleven to fifteen players that could get drafted from this Georgia team, and that's going to shatter our records. Now let's look at Alabama. I got their their depth chart here, and I know this is all in flux right now. We don't know, but there's like you mentioned, John Mechie. He's going to get drafted. Um, I think Evan, I mean, Evan Neal's clearly going to get drafted. Jaleel Billingsley, the tight end, probably going to get drafted, right? Yeah. I think Billingsley's going to get drafted. That's three there. Uh, Brian Robinson, I mean, he's he's a solid back, but has he jumped off the page to you ever? Never, but, I mean, they find a way to some teams. Yeah, it's an Alabama guy, so I'm sure I'm sure Bill Belichick and the Patriots will draft him. So let's say that's four guys on off, off offense off the top of my head here. And I'm sure someone else will, will jump up and have a big year, but those are the guys you look at right now. Yeah, they'll probably get drafted. Now, defensively, I would say LeBron Ray probably somewhere. Mm-hmm. DJ Dale probably somewhere. Not high, but somewhere. So that's six. Uh, Fedarian Mathis probably somewhere. Uh, Will Anderson, Christian Harris. Oh, Will Anderson, no, he's not drafted eligible. Uh, Christian Harris will probably get well, – he'll get drafted definitely. He might be a first-rounder. So that's seven. Christopher Allen probably, that's eight. Um, Jordan Battle, that's nine. Josh Job, you think, maybe? Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, so that's ten. Maybe Daniel Wright at safety. So they're right around that 10 or 11 mark too. I just think we have more guys in this particular – Upcoming 2020. When I think we're also looking to add some impact guys in the transfer portal, which would help our numbers because most of those guys are going to be upperclassmen. Yeah, we've got room too, and we need it. We especially now we'll bring it to it later, but with Major Burns transferring out, like yeah, we need those bodies. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to buy this. Uh, I think that we're going to have more overall draft picks for the first time under Kirby Smart than uh, than Alabama next year. I think it's going to happen. I mean, I'm I'm dead serious. I don't see any way that we have less than 11. I don't. I just don't see how that's possible. Unless someone dies, and I mean, knock on wood, let's hope that doesn't happen. Like, I don't see this is going to happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to buy this. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. 
Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, let's stick with that theme, Kurt. Let's take it one more step here. We also have yet to surpass Alabama in first-round draft picks in any single draft under Kirby Smart. So the next one here, Georgia will surpass Alabama in first-round draft picks for the first time under Kirby Smart in the 2022 NFL draft. So we're going to narrow our focus here, Curtis. Will we have, buy or sell, will we have more first-round picks than Alabama next year? I'm going to buy that. I think very well we could easily have two, just at linebacker position, have two first-round picks. 100%. I think Jordan um, Davis. I, I, th- I think Jordan Davis is a potential first round pick if he came out this year. Well, yeah, how thin it was the Davis, line. But I think Jordan Davis easily could, and I think um, Quay and Nicobe both very well could. The way Quay seems to have picked up the defense, and he has the build, the speed, everything you want in an, outs- in an inside linebacker, which people 100%. already respect. What how, how we produce at the inside linebacker position, um, totally and agree. then George, if he comes back, and you know, there's. People have been mentioning that he now looks like he'll be back. Just, you know, we don't know when. But mm-hmm. if he comes back and puts any some numbers up, teams will be more more willing to draft him high. Yeah, what's um, the difference between George now with injury and a guy like Jamar Chase opting out all of last year? There's no difference. They're just not playing. Exactly. And and, and honestly, I mean, George That's, has done all that without Devontae Smith and Waddles getting attention. Yeah, yeah, he's been the guy, especially last year. So that's four right there. And maybe, and who knows if Adam Anderson has the kind of year that we hope he has rushing the passer, he could potentially vault into that. You could have an offensive lineman sneak in there the way we produce. Jamari Salyer, if he plays guard, is more natural position. Could he potentially slide in the first round? Yeah, that's exactly. Someone like that. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, look, we don't know how things shape out. When you're talking about projecting draft, like this time last year, we were talking about Jamie Newman being a first-round draft pick, right? Uh, yeah. This time, two years ago, people were talking about, talking about J.R.E. being a first-round draft pick. You mean pick. Richard LeCount? And Richard LeCount, right? Richard LeCount, J.R.E. a couple years ago, and that obviously did not happen. So, you know, take it for what it is. But, I mean, seriously, Jordan Davis is almost certainly, barring injury, going to be a first-round draft pick. I think Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, certainly first-round conversation. Adam Anderson depends on what kind of year he has. He has first-round-type talent. It takes one team to be interested in what he does. He can play in space. He's versatile. That's an NFL-type player. Uh, we've seen guys similar to him, like Leonard Floyd, get drafted in the first round, right? Uh, George Piggins, certainly in the conversation. Stallier, if he has a big year at guard. All of those guys could be drafted in the first round. And you look at Alabama, I mean, okay, well, yeah, Evan Neal is going to get drafted in the first round. So I hear some people talking about John Mechie. I'm sorry, man. I know I know they have the the, the Bama – uh, the Bama bump at wide receiver and those guys, they have just the legacy of wide receiver. I get that. Has John Mechie struck you as a first-round draft pick at this point? Not doing it on his own. Yeah, on his, yeah, I need to see him do it on his own. Maybe he'll impress me. Maybe he'll take that step. I don't know. I haven't seen him on his own yet. I don't know. Maybe Gilo Billingsley, a tight end, maybe one of those new age-type tight ends, could sneak in the first round if he has a big year. 
Uh, if you look at the, the defense, I don't really – I mean, maybe Jordan Battle at safety, maybe. But outside of those guys, I don't know who's going to be in their first round for Alabama this year. I just don't. So I think it's – I mean, honestly, I'd put some money on it right now. I think Georgia will – I think we will have more first-round draft picks in Alabama next year. I'm buying that for sure. Um, all right. Let's um, let's go – you know, I had one more on the NFL draft. I know, we, we're, I know we're not running quite out of time yet, but I want to make sure that we get time to cover some of the more topical things that have been going on. So we'll come back to what I had. If we have time, we'll come back to that later. I'm talking about the SEC East versus SEC West and where they got drafted. We'll see if we can come back to that later on. But there's some more things that I want to focus on here because – We've got some headlines that have been coming out recently around the Georgia football program. So we want to get to some of these headlines that have been happening recently. And last Friday is where we're going to start. We've got our most recent commitment from former Brookwood wide receiver, Denylan Morissette. I think that's how you pronounce his first name. He's a six foot one, 200-pound wide receiver, ranked number 231 overall, and is Georgia's first true wide receiver commit in the 2022 class. I say true because a guy like Malachi Starks, he could potentially play wide receiver. I would love to see him a wide receiver. We'll see how that he'll probably play defense. But we talked a lot about Curtis over the past year or so, how important the wide receiver position has become in modern college football and how much we personally need game changers at that position. So, Curtis, let's just start with an optimistic view of Morissette's potential. So, buy or sell, Denyland Morissette is a future alpha number one wide receiver at the college level. I think he is. The thing that I like most about him is his size. Um, and he's the, he, I think he's got the frame to get put the weight on. He's already 6'2", and he runs really, really well, and he's also very fluid for that size. So, I just, I just think he has the frame to add the weight to become. Um, the man um it's it's all right there i mean the guy has the intent um has all the attributes you look at his speed he's fluid he's a great route runner he's got good hands um he's elusive when he gets the ball and i think just like i mentioned i think the one thing he, all he needs to do is just put some weight on absolutely he's um we've we've said this before like we're gwinnett county products right so we're familiar with that. Yeah, era. and you know how if, if being from Gwinnett, it's very surprising to get a wide receiver recruit from Brookwood if you know the old days. Yes, yeah, you know if you if you know the old Brookwood High School, they just run the football, run the football, run the football, run the football, run the football. Maybe pass once, run the football, run the football, run the football some more. Right? Things have changed, not just at the college level, but also the high school level. Um, and they've certainly opened the playbook up there, at Brookwood, and Morris. That was a big part of that. I think he's now at North Cobb. I think he's transferred out. I think that's the case. Um, yeah, I've but, heard that. You, I haven't seen anything for sure, but yeah. Yeah, I think he. I think because he's he and he wasn't originally uh, from Georgia. He transferred into Brookwoods. I, I I heard that he's at North Cobb now. Again, I can't confirm that. But that's what I've heard. Um, but yeah, so I've seen this guy play quite a few times. Like actually seen him play, and. This guy's legit. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you, he's legit. I know uh, Sam Mbake gets a lot of conversation, too, the other receiver at Brooklyn. He's really, really good. I always liked Morissette better. What about you, Kurt? I do, too. I think, like, if you watch the games, Mbake yeah. was the first one that we offered and the one that you kind of saw, like, heard the most about. But then you watch the game, you're like, wait, who's this other guy showing out yeah. instead of Because he transferred in. And it's like, whoa, where'd this yeah. guy come from? I thought Mbake was the guy. And it's like, no, Morissette, is, <laughs> that's the dude right there. And Mbake is really good. I'd love to have him, too, on the commit list. But Morissette, he's the guy that I've been more impressed with watching him over the past year. Uh, and you're right, I like I like the size. He's 6'1", 6'2"-ish. He's grown a little bit, about 200, 205. So he's got a little thickness to the frame. And you're right, I think he's got more room to add on to that frame. He's got a physicality to his game. I agree, Curtis. I'm going to buy this as well. I think – here's what I would say about Morissette. Can he be a true alpha number one? I think the answer is yes, he can be. He has the tools to do it. But you never know. It, of course, depends on him and how he approaches his development going into the next level. 
because there's plenty of guys that have the tools that just never develop because they just, for whatever reason, doesn't click. They don't put the work in, whatever. We don't know. We'll see how it, how it transpires. I hope to, to God it'll be the case, but he has the tools to do it. Uh, you hear a lot of like AJ Brown comparisons when you talk about him. And I see a little bit of that with the size comparison. Certainly. I also see like in his skill set. Um, I'm going to go back a couple years to Ohio state, KJ Hill. Remember him, Curtis, KJ Hill from Ohio state. He's I in the do, NFL yes. somewhere now. Yeah, and I, I think his game is somewhat similar to him. He's a really good route runner. He, he's got good speed, but not like a, a home run type burner. But he's an extra, extraordinarily fluid wide receiver, just an incredibly smooth athlete. And that's how he creates separation. He's got good speed. He can separate from he can separate from guys with speed. But really how he creates separation is his route running ability, his ability to get in and out of breaks, those kind of things. He's a really advanced route runner for that stage in his development. And then you mentioned he's thicker, plays physicality, plays through contact. He can run the entire route. Here. You see him run a variety of routes, not just one thing. Because a lot of times you see these wide receivers, they just run go routes, and they're just bigger, faster, stronger than the, other, than the DBs out there, and they just go up and, and, and win jump balls and make big plays. And that's great. It's awesome that you can do that. But if you're trying to project to the next level, I want to see you do more than that. And we have seen Morissette do more than that consistently. He can win at the top of the route and do all that stuff. But we see him do a lot of things that you need wide receiver to do at the next level. And I think he can be that type of wide receiver. I mean, look at Devontae Smith last year at Alabama. Like, Devontae Smith's not physically the most dominant player, but that dude was incredibly good in and out of breaks, a fluid athlete, and just and incredible. Just did all the little things right, the wide receiver, a polished player. And Morissette is kind of in that vein, not a, not a carbon copy of Devontae Smith, but they're kind of in that vein, and that's how he creates separation. So, yeah, I, I think he can be. Remains to be seen, but yeah, I'm very, very excited about this commitment. I think he's better than number 231 overall player. We'll see where he ends up when it's all said and done. Now that you know things are kind of opening up, you can get out in the recruiting trail and these analysts go out and, and see camps and watch guys in person. I think he'll start moving up the rankings more than he did last year with the, with the COVID year. So very excited about him. But let's move on here, Curtis. On the other end of the spectrum, we also had a decommitment earlier this week from up, uh, outside linebacker Donovan Westmoreland, who decommitted from Georgia and has now committed to South Carolina. Now, of course, all the South Carolina fans are going to be flapping their gums, talking about, oh, man, we flipped this guy from Georgia. Look like we're we're on the come up, man. Yeah, we got we got Shane Beamer here. He's getting it done. He's beating Kirby for a cruise. You're hearing that right now. So, Curtis, let's buy or sell. South Carolina flipped Donovan Westmoreland. Is that how this went down? No, not at all. Um, you don't flip and flip. You don't decommit and flip in one day that quickly unless, like, hey, we didn't put up a fight for you. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at this guy, okay, first off, he's listed outside linebacker. And if that's where we indeed recruited him, he's not playing right now. Now he can grow. We'll see. He is far too small to play outside linebacker the next level. He's 6'1, 210 pounds. And if you turn on the tape and watch his highlights, that doesn't even do justice. He looks like he's about 185 pounds. Now, he's a good athlete. He's a really good high school football player. I mean, he's an impressive player at the high school level at Griffin. But we're talking about projecting, right? And projection to the next level, that can be tough. And that's what coaches are taxed to do. And that's a tough thing to ask a coach to do because you don't know how these guys are going to grow. You know, from the junior year to their freshman year in college, their junior year in college, you just don't know how that's gonna, how that's going to transpire. Now, he could end up being really good. He could be one of those guys who look back a couple of years and man, what was George thinking? They missed on this guy. But when you're looking at Donovan Westmoreland and taking him as a potential outside linebacker, there's a lot of risk involved there. Now, he again could be really good, but I think it's far more likely now, based on his size at this point, that he isn't really a Georgia caliber outside linebacker based on his size. Now he could grow, but right now where he is, he's not there. And, and teams like South Carolina, they have to take risk on guys like this, whereas we do not. 
We have the recruiting chops. Call me arrogant if you want, but it's just reality. We have the recruiting chops to be able to land guys that have less risk associated with them at the outside linebacker spot than Donovan Westmoreland does. That's just reality. And this, honestly, it's not even really speculation. Uh, I know South Carolina fans want to call it sour grapes, and Georgia, Georgia doesn't want to buy it, that we, that we beat them on this guy. But just look at his own words on social media. If you pull it up on social media, I came here. I don't. I had it. I don't have my phone with me right now. It's on my phone. I got it. I can took a picture of it. But he put something out there like they're going to pay for their decision. Like basically, he made it pretty clear with his own tweets on social media that we billy bobbed him. That we basically told him like, you know what, it might be better if you look somewhere else. We we have somebody else that we have hired on our list and now wants to commit. That to me looks like what happened here. I mean, that's 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 the bottom line. A guy that's in the you know he's a three star in the six hundred or three depending on what service you look at, he's in the hunt the three to six hundred range, um, in uh, in terms of overall recruiting in, in the country. So yeah, look good for South Carolina. He's a good player, but I think it's far more likely that we Billy Bobbed him and said, "Hey man, look, thanks. We appreciate it. we're starting to do this, but we're going to move on from you. We hope you look somewhere else and find another home." And that's kind of what I think happened here, and certainly based off what he said. Uh, on social media and what he put out there, that seems pretty clear that's what happened here. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about South Carolina coming in and flipping recruits and, and beating us for guys. That's just – I don't see that happening. Just don't see it happening. All right, let's move on here, Curtis. Uh, as is becoming far more common than ever before with the new changes in NCAA legislation regarding penalty-free transfers, we have had our first post-spring attrition as defensive back Major Burns announced earlier in the week that he will be injuring his name in the transfer portal. We get we did get a couple of questions about Burns this week, all with the same major theme. So we're kind of lumped them together here. And that theme is how big of a loss is this, losing major Burns? So, Curtis, would you buy or sell the idea that Georgia fans should classify major Burns' transfer as a major loss? Um, I'm going to sell it just because I don't like the word major. Um, I think that word brings too much significance into it. I think it's a big loss, but I think there's a fine line between a major and a big, like, I just think major is too much emphasis on it. Um, I think it was a big loss because it hurts. I think it hurts depth wise. Um, as we saw last year, we may need pieces like that when it comes to depth. But the reason, the reason I don't cast, you know, categorize it as a major loss is it's not Chris Smith. It's not Lewis seen. It's, it's not, not a starter this year. We have pen- yeah, we, it's not the guys we have penciled in to start. And right now, if Latavius Brini stays, you still have Latavius Brini who can play star, which gives you the ability to also use Tyke Smith at either star or either safety position where he has played in the past. Great point. Absolutely. You're right. I, I love what you're saying there. I think like – and I, I, no pun intended here, okay? I, I didn't even attend this. I'm looking at my notes here now. Major burns, major loss. I didn't even attend that. I'm an idiot. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a major loss. I think it could potentially be a big loss. Here's the thing. You're right, Curtis. Like, we don't know, will major burns ever turn into an SEC starter? Maybe. We, hope, we hoped he would develop into that. And I, I had high hopes for him, but we don't know that yet. We know that our starters this season at safety, barring any injuries, are going to be Lewis Seen and Chris Smith. And Major Burns, like it's important to have a two deep and have depth. He was going to be in that two deep, but he wasn't going to be a starter. And maybe he would be next year, but we don't know. Uh, but it does reduce our margin for error, certainly at that position. Uh, and we're already thin in, at, at the defensive, in the defensive backfield in general. And next year might even be more stark, especially at safety. Because next year you're looking at safety and you're like, okay, well, if Lewis Singo is pro, Chris Smith leaves as a senior. Next year we've got David Daniel and I don't know at safety. Maybe Malachi Starks, maybe. 
Now, I will also say this. Here's another reason why I don't think it's like a major loss. It's a loss. Like You'd love to have this guy. We don't have a ton of depth in the secondary. We need depth back there. But next year, if you're looking at like this being a loss for next year, I, I get why somebody might say that. Well, next year, this guy was going to be a starter. Maybe. We don't know that. And also, the transfer portal, along with our national profile from a recruiting standpoint, that may make this less of an issue than maybe it would have been years past. Does that make sense, Curtis? Yeah, that, and that's the biggest thing. Like, who knows? At this point in time, we could still bring someone in our own right, and it not even be a loss. So imagine what it could be if we go for guys that are in the transfer portal now. Yeah, exactly. Like it, this next week or two is going to be a big. It's almost like moving season. Like at the mat, you know, like the golf. It's like the Saturday or the Saturday of golf. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and look, you, you're right. We said earlier we have we have spots open on this roster right now. We have. On our 85, we have we have some spots open. So I, I firmly expect us to be big players down the stretch here going into fall camp, trying to get guys out of the transfer portal. We'll see how that and, – and now we have another need at safety. So we're going to need to bring somebody, whether it's a cornerback, uh, a safety, just somebody that can play anywhere in the secondary. Guy that's kind of a jack-of-all-trades back there. We need more – we just need bodies right there at that point. At this point in the secondary, we need bodies. So, yeah, I mean, it's a loss. I don't sit here and say, oh, my God, you know, it's no problem. Who cares? Like, no, it, we need bodies back there. I think this guy could grow into a good player, but it's not like some significant loss like we're going to need to freak out about. I don't think at that point because we just don't know what this guy's unturned to yet. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, and finally, I think we got time for one more here, Curtis. Let's leave the gridiron and head over to the hardwood for our final topic of today's episode, College basketball itself, it has become one giant game of musical chairs every offseason now with massive reshuffling of rosters thanks to the portal and immediate eligibility. That combination it has been tough for college basketball. And this year, the Georgia basketball team has been a very enthusiastic participant in the annual music chairs competition with, as of right now, and it could certainly end up being more, as of right now, eight new players set to join the team for the 2021-22 season. A lot of fans, Curtis, and you have been you've been with them. And I, I've kind of I've been back and forth on. I've kind of you know where I stand on this. But a lot of fans have been calling for Tom Green's head after losing two of the big three. Because you know, we knew we were going to lose some guys to the transfer portal, but the three guys I think we all kind of went in this offseason saying we couldn't lose were Tamani Kamara, Severe Wheeler, and Katie Johnson. Well, Tamani Kamara, Severe Wheeler, they're both gone. Katie Johnson, as of right now, is the only one left standing of that big three. So a lot of people are upset and just want Tom Green gone immediately. But I'll say this. I'm not so sure we haven't upgraded the roster heading into next season. So, Curtis, I'm just going to put it to you. Buy or sell, Georgia basketball will have a better roster next year than what we had this year. Um, Well, I think we will. I think our roster was just that terrible terrible last year. Yeah. We had three guys and then a bunch of – okay. Yeah, find the right appropriate word. We didn't like outside those three guys. We had absolutely nothing. 
Um, and I, I think we added some good pieces, especially the Virginia transfer. Some of these other guys, I think, can come in and make an impact. Um, to me, the biggest loss is actually Kamara. Um, I, I mean, as good as Xavier Wheeler was, he was also a huge liability. Like, I would like to see his plus-minus while he was on the court, um, just for the fact of how many points he gave up. The guy refused to play defense. Um, cost us a lot on the shot. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I'm, I, I think that you could actually upgrade in that position while it may not seem like it. I think it is possible if you add someone who can just score. Um, yeah, I very well could see us being better, though, overall, because I think the talent may be better across the board, especially at this point. We still don't know if Kyer or Horn are coming back. All right. So sell me on – and I was one of those guys that had Tamani Kamara in the big three that we couldn't lose because I liked his potential. But sell me on Tamani Kamara actually being a significant loss. Why is this guy a big loss? What did he well, do last year? That that this guy's a big loss. The reason you didn't see him shine as much as he should have is he was playing out of position. Um, I Fair. think that's the biggest thing is we just didn't utilize his skill set to the best and put him in the best position to be successful. Now, I still think the guy too many times was lazy up and down the court, lazy defensively. Um, and those are things that you hope as you get older that you fix. But I think put playing him primarily in the power forward position would have been better for his overall production. I do think that would help him, certainly. I, I will give him that. I'll agree with you there. But I'm looking at him like 26% from three-point land. That's not good enough. Not in, not in modern college basketball. No, I agree. I mean, that, that's the thing. But he, he had improved from where he was. He was a, he, he had was improved. Experience. Yeah, he was a very raw guy when we originally took him. So I think yes. you're, you're banking on him improving more and more. It was, the, it's, it was the, the tantalizing potential of what he could be. But my thing with him is we don't yeah. know if he'll ever get to that point by the time he leaves, that he leaves college level. Maybe. Maybe. Because you see a flash of him, you're like, wow, that guy could be really good. And he could be really good defensively. And he was at times. But he was so up and down, low basketball IQ. Because you're right, he was new to the game. Um, but off the charts, athleticism for sure. But like, there was no polish there. Um, I just, yeah. So I, I, what I, and Kamara, like, I would love for him to still be on the team. But when I look at the guys that we've gotten to replace him, guys like Jalen Ingram from FAU shooting over 40% from three-point land, Jabri Abdurrahim, that you mentioned the, the former top 100 recruit from that, that was a, a former commit to Virginia. We got him from Virginia. Both those guys are, I think, more polished wings that will perform at a higher level next year than Kamara would if he was on our team. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree. Yeah, I think those guys will perform. And I'm not saying their ceiling is as high as Kamara. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying who's going to perform at a higher level next year. I think both Ingram and Abdul Rahim will perform at a higher level than Kamara next year. I just believe that because they're more polished and they're just more advanced right now than Tamani Kamara is. And I, one thing I also think we did is we did a really good job of addressing needs. We've got guys that can shoot. Well, that was a huge need for us last year. Jalen Ingram, Noah Bauman coming in. Now, defensively, he's might be a liability for us coming off, out of USC. But two years ago, they got shot over 45% from three. That's big. We needed side. You go and get Balaam Bridges from Illinois, Chicago, 6'10". Can actually play center. So I think we've addressed some of our needs. I think we've actually upgraded the talent at, at many spots on the roster. My one big concern here, Curtis, is and, and look, I'm with you that Severe Wheeler had flaws. Guy shot, talk about Kamara only shooting 26%. Wheeler shot 22% from three. Yeah, he had all these great assists. He also was, I think he was top five. I think he ended up top five in the country in turnovers last year. Now, a lot of that's because of usage, sure, but he still turned the ball over far too much. But he was the engine to our offense. Who is going to play point guard for us next year? That's my big remaining question for this team. I think, there, I think other spots on the roster, we're upgraded. But who is playing point guard for us next year? And I, I agree. I think that's the biggest thing is I need to see someone go out there and be able to be the general. Um, I think you can. You don't have to be as explosive as him. 
Um, Because I think teams were actually learning how to play him in general. You know, they stopped, they played off of him, didn't allow him to play off of him, him to shoot. So if we, that's the question, and I believe that's the biggest question mark that I think too is who's going to lead the offense. All right, well, and I, I agree with you. So let me give you a bonus. This is just, I'm just throwing stuff against the wall here. I'm gonna give you a bonus one here, all right? One last one to get out of here on. Buy or sell, Katie Johnson will be our starting point guard next year. I think right now I may buy that, thinking that he's going to have the ball in his hands. I mean, he's a, he's such a physical guy. He's actually built like a tank, and when he drives, he can create space and take Absolutely. contact that most people and let's look at Katie. Uh, let's let's look, let's project him into the, the NBA. All right. If this guy has any hope of playing the NBA, short, he ain't playing shooting guard. guard. He's six no. one. He's not playing shooting guard. Point guard is his only chance to really make it in the league. All right. That's just the reality. So I know he might not be a, a point guard by trade. He's not the same as severe. But you've got to sell this guy on. Hey man, if you want him to play in the league, you're going to be playing point guard. So you better figure it out. And he's got handles. He can he can handle the ball. Not not maybe not at severe Wheeler's level. And, he, and maybe he doesn't have the, the instincts to play the position. He hasn't done it in his as far as I know in his life. But like based on who we have in our roster right now, is there a better option than KD? Not that we know of. Yeah, not that I know. It may, look, we're, we could very well still go out and get somebody. Certainly possible. But I think KD should certainly get a long long look at point guard. For us right now, and also for his own future in the NBA, and I don't know if I don't know if you saw this, Curtis. We just got re- I think it was today actually. We got a another commit from a JUCO. It's a JUCO All American actually, Jalen Rignall. I am intrigued by this guy. Like he didn't have great offers, but I turned on the tape and watched him play. Now, of course, his JUCO competition. I really liked what I saw. He averaged over twenty one about twenty one points a game, twelve rebounds a game last year. He's an undersized forward at six six. But the thing is, I think he can play shooting guard. So if you slide KD to point guard. I think Rignall can play shooting guard. He shot 39% from three, 86% from the free throw line. I like those numbers. He can handle the ball, put the ball on the floor, take it to the basket, catch and shoot, shoot out the dribble. He's a good athlete. I think he could play the two potentially where you have like Jalen Ingram, Abdurrahim, those guys uh, playing the the three and four. Bowman can be in that conversation somewhere. Baylen Bridges playing center. and You got KD at point guard. I think that could potentially be how our lineup shakes out. So I, I think that guy's going to come in like – I'll say this for Rick Dahl, right? I know if you don't get excited about Juco's, you look at his offer sheet and you say, man, God, like no one was really after this guy. Can't remember, it's also a COVID year. So that's that you got to throw that in there. And look, if you compare him to the guys that we took from the Juco ranks last year, it's night and day. This guy can actually play. Those guys couldn't play. Starks, Jonathan Ned couldn't play. This dude can play, and he's going to play a lot for us next year. So, yeah, I mean, just add in the list. I think we have upgraded our roster. Now, is it good enough for us to, to compete at a high level in the SEC and make the tournament? That remains to be seen. I'm not ready to go there yet. But I think we will be better next year if we can just figure out a point guard. I think KD could maybe potentially be that answer there. But, uh, all right, guys, that's all we've got time for today. we got to get Curtis out of here. He does have that one last final exam to get through. We have a lot more topics to go through that I had on my list here that I didn't know if we'd have a chance to get through. So we're going to save those. We had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing this today. So we'll circle back around in a couple of weeks and get to some of these that we did not get to, maybe add a few more. And hey, if you guys have got any ideas on things you want us to discuss, if we're buying or selling, throw them to us on Twitter at glory underscore UGA. You can also email them to us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. 
And we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to talk about things that you want to hear us talk about. This show is for you guys, so uh, hit us up. Let us know what you want to hear us discuss, and we'll be happy to do it on the show. Now, last week, I guess the past couple weeks, I've been teasing that May is going to be Scheme Theme Month. And I promise you, it is going to be Scheme Theme Month. We're going to kick that off next week. I was going to try to get an episode in this week, but Curtis was available he, uh, his schedule opened up a little bit, so we had to get him back on the show. It's been a, been a week or two, so we had to get him back on. But starting next week, at least once a week, we're going to have a scheme theme episode. We've got a lot of you that have already sent in questions that you would like to hear us discuss on the show, some things you'd like us to explore from an X and O standpoint. But we are certainly open to more ideas. Anything that you, like, when you hear people talk about the X's and O's of football, anything that you kind of understand but you don't fully understand, things that you think will help you understand the game more, will help make you watching football more enjoyable for you, we would love to be able to break that down for you here in this scheme theme month. We already have a ton of ideas, but the more the merrier. You guys know, I get long-winded with this stuff. I love the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts x's and o's of football i love the chalk talk kind of stuff so we'll be getting to a lot of that the rest of this month and who knows if it if we get enough interest in it we can definitely carry the scheme theme month into june maybe we'll make it a scheme theme summer we can certainly explore that if that's something you guys would be interested in so just let us know again that's twitter at glory underscore uj can email us glory uga podcast at gmail.com i think i've got a a really fun one that we're going to kick things off with next week that i think you guys will find interesting as it relates to georgia scheme and just to give you a little tease there as it relates specifically to georgia's run defense dominance over the past couple years that's where we're going to kick things off kind of how does georgia actually do that like why are we so much better at stopping the run than other teams do we just have better players or is there more to it than that so we'll explore that and a ton of other stuff over the next month or so with our scheme theme month or maybe scheme theme summer we'll see how that goes but thanks for listening, guys. We're really looking forward to the rest of this month, the rest of the offseason. I can't wait for the season to get here, but we've got a lot of cool stuff for you. At least I think some cool stuff for you guys the rest of the offseason. But have a great rest of the week, guys. Have a great weekend. Don't forget men's and women's Georgia tennis teams at home to kick off the NCAA tournament over the weekend. The ladies are kicking things off on Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. I have to take a half day off work to get there. I don't care. I'm pumped for this. Can't wait. Uh, if they win, which they should, if we lose to Austin P, I might lose my mind. So we should win that match. And if we win that one, we'll face the winner of Furman and Wake Forest Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. The guys kick off the first round Saturday at 1 o'clock, so just before the women. If they win that match against East Tennessee State, then we'll face the winner of Virginia Tech and Texas Tech at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Tickets are available. It's 50% capacity. That's the NCAA championship rule right now, which is actually more than we've been allowing for regular season matches. So this will be a lot of people and uh, they're only $5 a ticket, guys, for adults. Usually it's free for regular season, but for the NCAA tournament, it is $5. But that's a small price to pay. If you have never been to Athens, even if you've been to like a regular season match, if you've never been to Athens for an NCAA tennis tournament, it is unbelievable, guys. When the dogs are playing, men's or women's, it is an incredible atmosphere. It's the best atmosphere on campus outside of Sanford Stadium. I am very confident in saying that, especially when you get into the NCAA tournament. It is a madhouse when the dogs are playing. Even if it's only 50% capacity, who cares? It is an awesome experience. The weather should be nice this weekend. So if you're looking for something to do with the family or just yourself, whoever, get to Athens. Come support 
our men's and women's tennis teams as they enter the NCAA tournament. And what's not to enjoy about a weekend in the Classic City, the greatest college town in all the land. So come on up, support the team, have a great weekend in Athens. We'll be there having a great time. Hope you guys can make it. We have a couple contenders on our hands. The women are the number three overall seed, which basically means if we're equating this to basketball terms, the women are a number one seed. If we're doing this like the NCAA basketball tournament, right? We're the number three overall seed, which would put us as a one seed. The men are the number 11 overall seed, which would put us at a three seed if you're equating this to the NCAA basketball tournament, which is something I know you guys are a lot more familiar with. It's a lot easier to fall back because we see it more often than we do the tennis tournament, how they kind of do their bracket. But 64 teams, same concept. Men and women, both contenders. The women have a chance to win it all, guys. They absolutely have a chance to win it all. In 2019, the last tournament before COVID, they lost in the championship match to Stanford, and uh, we had a, we had a chance that year. And most of that team is back. They're older, wiser, more experienced. We got a shot, guys. We have an absolute shot, and you do not want to miss your chance. This is it, guys. You've heard me talk about Katarina Jokic on court one for the women, the number one. Well, she's not number one right now, although she dropped number one without losing, which is just a quirk of how they do the college tennis rankings. It's a formula. It's crazy. It's stupid. She's awesome. She's only lost one match all season. She's an All-American. She's incredible. She's the. I've said it before. She's the best tennis player men or women's that I have seen during my seven or eight years of basically going to every single Georgia men's or women's tennis match. She is absolutely incredible. She's so fun to watch. And this is the last chance you're going to have to watch her here in Athens, guys. This is it. After this weekend, the tournament moves to Lake Nona down in Orlando, near Orlando for the rest of the tournament. So get out. Do not blow your chance to watch. Not just Kat. Kat is awesome. But the rest of, of the women's team, the men's team as well, we've got a great group of guys, a great group of girls. Come out, support the team, cheer on the dogs, and experience something that maybe some of you haven't experienced before. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. I I wouldn't have believed what I'm saying right now before I had gone to these matches, but trust me, guys, it's as good of an environment that you will find on the Georgia campus outside of Sanford Stadium. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So go and experience. Get your tickets before they sell out. Hope you guys can make it. But all right, uh, that's enough. Enough of my spiel. I'm out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.